Good afternoon, everybody. This is Anthony Pudlow, Vice President of Professional Affairs with the Iowa Pharmacy Association. Thanks for listening in to today's Board of Pharmacy What, Why, and How podcast. I'm joined today uh, by Sue Mears, Compliance Officer with the Iowa Board of Pharmacy, to talk about the um, the efforts and discussions that came forward today at the March uh, 2018 uh, Board of Pharmacy meeting. So, Sue, welcome to the podcast today. And I know there wasn't um, too much on the agenda, I'd say, as it relates to rules and um, proposed rules and, and, and whatnot, but um, there was still a decent amount of discussion around some of the proposed legislation, and I want to kind of start there. Um, and while things can definitely change in the next several weeks as the legislation is still in session, I know the Board of Pharmacy has um, at least a, a, a big component of their bill still, still remaining um, as it relates to opioids. Can you just mention what's been kind of happening and <laughs> in a nutshell, if you can, around um, what the Board has been trying to do? Um, when it uh, when the rest of the legislature is uh, really focused on on opioids and the opioid epidemic. Yeah, sure. So there is a, a pretty big bill um, that's in the Iowa legislature right now that started out in the House, um, and it is uh, has a lot of different components dealing with the opioid crisis and trying to uh, prevent further um, problems in our state. Um, so it has a lot of different components, and it, it pulls in. Um, a lot of the information that the board had in three of its bills for PMP use, um, electronic prescribing, and then uh, for the CSA um, Act. So as far as um, the the opioid bill itself, it would um, require mandated registration of prescribers. Um, It would require mandated use um, in certain certain circumstances um, that a prescriber or an agent could check the PMP prior to prescribing an opioid and that would be pursuant to rules. Um, Then it would um, also mandate electronic prescribing of all prescriptions by January 1 of 2020. so quite a bit, actually, for what's been uh, introduced there. But I know there was yep. probably a couple components that it seemed like right now I think the board was interested in doing that weren't included. I think one component was the PMP Advisory Council, which is currently a, a governor-appointed position, which I know if there's any listeners on the line, um, it sounds like there's still a few positions open for physicians. Um, so that is still a process that's open, but where the maybe the the process that didn't move forward is I think the board was really looking to make that a board of pharmacy appointed committee versus right. a governor. Right. Yeah, the board had in its PMP bill to switch it from a governor appointed PMP advisory council to a board appointed um, PMP advisory committee, um, and they wanted to open up uh, the opportunity for various. Um, practitioners to be involved in that committee and and that component or that piece um, of the board's bill did not get included in the opioid bill um, so maybe something to look out for next year sure, um, but sure. it looks like that's probably not in the works for this session so I de- again I would probably still advise any listeners out there that if you work with a physician with a lot of interest I know there is I believe three positions still open for physicians yeah. to serve on the PMP advisory council and to 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 be selected you'd have to have that physician submit their information through the governor's office website um, that expresses their interest in serving on that PMP advisory council yeah and I think the board's website on their PMP page has oh you're right a link 
um, to um, to become or to apply okay. to be on that. Well, council. perfect. Yeah. Um, well, as it then, so I'll leave the rest of the legislative discussion off the topic for right now. But I know there was three other items around rule changes that um, we wanted to just talk about briefly. So there was a notice of intended action. So meaning that there are some proposed rules coming forward by the board, um, at least for um, for review. One is it related to chapter 10, which relates to controlled substances um, that added um, some pieces of fentanyl related products. Can you just tell me what, um, where did that proposed rule come from and why, why is the board pr- proposing um, some changes to that chapter right now? Yeah, sure. So um, the board generally will take rescheduling action whenever the DEA um, reschedules a, a substance. So that's what happened in this case. Uh, the DEA came out with um, a publication that they will automatically reschedule any fentanyl um, related substance that is not otherwise already classified in the CSA um, that will automatically schedule it as a schedule one product. So the board is taking similar action by temporarily amending Iowa code uh, so that those substances, as soon as they are identified by law enforcement as fentanyl related, then they will automatically become schedule one in Iowa. Um, so it's it's really helpful for law enforcement. Sure, sure. Okay. And I know the board then definitely, or they did vote to approve that proposed rule change. Yep. So now we'll see that um, be released for public yep. comment. And uh, yeah. so if anybody is interested, not just on this one, but we'll get to another um, notice of intended action, you could always go online to Iowa or to rules.iowa.gov to submit your own individual comments as it relates to some of these proposed um, rule changes or notices of intended action as they're referred to. The other item um, that the board voted on for a notice of intended action was to amend chapter 18 on centralized prescription filling and processing, as well as chapter 22 on unit dose and alternative packaging and emergency boxes. And I think this related to specifically around some labeling requirements um, around interchangeable biologics. Can you just um, uh, tell us a little bit more, where did that come from or why is the board uh, moving forward on changes in this area? Yeah, sure. So last year's legislative session uh, saw a bill make its way through and signed by the governor um, that allowed the substitution of interchangeable biological products and in that um, legislation required some some language to be on labeling when that substitution occurs at the pharmacy so this is just some cleanup um, cleaning up those two particular rules that deal with labeling of prescriptions when they're dispensed uh, to incorporate that that language that's required. So it'd probably be very similar to how, if I recall that legislation, um, it's very similar to how a pharmacy, if you had a generic product that when a yep. brand name was written, you have to state underneath the prescription or the um, the medication name that this is a generic for XYZ yep, product. For, yep, exactly. Yep. So it's just aligning that and that was just sounds like right. a very easy cleanup yep. um, in, in terms yep. of that notice of intended action. Um, so finally, I, I also just wanted to talk about there was a, 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 a vote on an adoption and filing rule change that um, I think we might have actually talked about in the past. But just to give our listeners an update, there was amendments to Chapter 10 um, that relate to controlled substances and Chapter 37 as it relates to the prescription drug monitoring program. Um, and I think the big component here that I, that I heard um, was that in this rule change, um, that the the PMP reporting requirement would change. Um, Sue, can you just elaborate on what that change would entail? Sure, right. So in in the 
Iowa code, there's no frequency identified for how often a dispenser has to report to the PMP. So um, the board to this point has a requirement of every seven days for reporting. Um, and this rule change would uh, change the frequency to be uh, the next business day for okay. reporting, which actually is very similar to what is in the opioid bill at the legislature. So we're right on track uh, with that. Yeah, very, very good to hear. And I know it sounds like there was a couple uh, comments that were submitted um, from an indiv individual pharmacy, as well as from the, the Iowa Pharmacy Association that uh, were supportive of that effort based on the feedback we've heard and seen um, on this topic. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I would just highlight is that it sounds like from, from the presentation on that, um, on that adoption and filing rule that um, knowing that the board did go ahead and uh, vote to adopt that um, formal change. Um, the effective date, as long as there's no other delays in the in the rule process, now it, it's more in the administrative side of things. If there's no delay, we'd likely see an effective date of May 16th or so. Yep, that's that's about right. Yep. Okay, so we'll watch out, and I would, and encourage everybody to watch communications um, from from IPA, and I'm sure the Board of Pharmacy um, will be sending something out to those that are registered with the PMP to um, make sure they're aware of that change from every seven-day reporting to the next business day yeah. reporting. That's definitely a big change out there that's going to be coming forward. And as you uh, mentioned already, Sue, that's something that the legislature has been talking about. So right. you yep. guys have been able to kind of beat them to the punch of sorts. Right. Um, and then finally, I would just say um, for our last kind of component, um, I know that there was a lot of discussion um, really for the last several years, but Andrew Funk during his report to the board um, provided a small update um, as it relates to a new database for um, licensure renewal and registration renewal. Um, and I would just be happy to inform the listeners out there that the Board of Pharmacy is moving forward to um, go live with a new uh, licensure and registration database. Um, that database sounds like it will go into effect this May um, 2018. Um, currently, though, the first rollout will be for pharmacists and their licensing process. Um, the board did receive an update from Andrew, though, that um, there is, in a sense, a, a beta testing process that's going to be occurring in the next week or so that any pharmacist that um, wants to have some uh, practice using that system can actually go online and, uh, and try to renew, if you will. Um, but that won't be the official renewal process. It's, this is just a way to get some feedback um, to the board as they um, work through the kinks, if you will, of this new database with the new vendor that they're using. So really excited that um, we're kind of in that step two, I guess, in the process, yeah. um, which has been a many-step process to this oh, point. Yeah. But um, Sue, if you have any, do you have anything else to add, um, general comments from the board meeting today for, for our listeners? I don't think I do, other than... We're all very excited about a new licensing database. Can't wait for it to kick in here. Yeah, definitely. So I appreciate everybody joining us today for the Board of Pharmacy What, Why, and How podcast. We look forward to everybody joining us again after the next Board of Pharmacy meeting, which um, will occur May 22nd to 23rd. So know that the recording will be available later on in May this year. So thanks again for listening and have a great day.